Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Nerd Talk, where it's gonna be a bit solo for a bit. We're gonna be talking about comics, just me and you, and cut the music. So, <laughs> well, uh, the last 15 minutes of this will be me and Ian talking about Titans, because we talked about Titans, but it was just for 15 minutes. Not Titans the show, the volume one of Titans Rebirth, because... A couple episodes ago, Ian said he would read a comic that someone suggested in my Discord. And Donovan was the first one to suggest one, so he chose that one, uh, Volume 1 of Titans Rebirth. We talked about it. It was not near long enough for a full episode. It was just like 15 minutes. So I've been reading some comics lately, uh, and I decided, you know what, for the first bit of this, I'll just talk about those comics, and the last 15 minutes we'll end it with when we talked about Titans. So uh, I'm be talking about uh, Brian Azzarello's run on Wonder Woman and the New 52 and Jeff John's run on Aquaman and the New 52 because I kind of had a New 52 itch for some reason, and I just decided to read those omnibuses back-to-back. So that's what I did, and that's what we're going to be talking about. We'll start out with Wonder Woman, and then we'll move on to Aquaman. So, yeah, something that I really like about Wonder Woman, it, well, the New 52 run, is Brian Azzarello did a fantastic job with long-form storytelling. Because it's like, I don't know, like 30 issues. I think both these omnibuses are somewhere around 30 issues. And this one is one whole story throughout the 30 issues. And it's paced really well. Like, there's payoffs within. It's not like, oh, nothing happens besides issue 1 and issue 30. Like, there's payoffs in there. Like, a lot makes sense. It's it's handled really well. But it's a long story. So I really like that. Because you don't see that a whole lot uh, in superhero comics. There's not a whole... In mainstream superhero comics, there's not a lot of long-form storytelling to where it's like, okay, we start out here and we have a plan. And this is where it's going to end up. You don't get a whole lot of that. So it was really cool seeing that in the New 52 run for one moment. But I've, I've sung uh, uh, this book's praises before, but I've never really talked about it at length. That's what we're going to do today. We'll be all, all over the place. <laughs> uh, so the um, it opens up. Well, the beginning, the first arc, is basically about Wonder Woman learning who she is because the old school Wonder Woman origin for Nifty 2 was she was made of clay. Her mom, one night, like, went on the beach, formed a baby of clay, and then, like, prayed to the gods and was like, please, make me a baby. And uh, then they like, yeah, they turned that baby into Wonder Woman. And that Wonder Woman was the perfect Amazon because she was not made of man's seed because traditionally... What the Amazons do is they'll go out to boats with sailors where they're like dudes are just passing by and they'll climb aboard and they're like, oh, wow, naked Amazons. That's cool. And they just have sex with them and then they kill those dudes and they take off. And that's that's how Amazons are made. And we learn in this book uh, when they have boys, like when the Amazons have boys, they either kill those boys or they take them and they give them to Oh man, how do you pronounce his name? Hephaestus or something? The guy that makes the the uh, the weapons for the Greek gods. I think Hephaestus is how you say it. Uh, but yeah, he um, that's how he does deals with them. Like he'll give them weapons in exchange for like the boy Amazons. Because otherwise, if they don't give them to him, they just kill them. Because the Amazons don't want boys, you know. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Wonder Woman thought she was made of clay. Everyone bullied her, called her like, hey, it's that dumb clay bitch. And she was very distraught with that, like her whole life being bullied for being the dumb clay bitch. But then she learns that because Strife, one of the Greek gods, comes down, one of Zeus's many children, comes down to uh, Themyscira and is like, hey, little sister. And she's like, wait, what? Little sister, what do you mean? And then her mom, Queen Hippolyta? Hippo? Hippolyta? Hippolyta? The queen of Themyscira, she uh, tells her, she's like, yeah, well, one night me and Zeus had sex, 
and it was really nice. It's pretty cool. Felt good. And I got pregnant from that. And I didn't tell anyone that that's how that that happened because if I did, Zeus's wife Hera would murder you. <laughs> like if they found out that you, my child, were uh, were the from Zeus, Hera would murder you. So I didn't want to do that. The thing that I don't really cover, they kind of like gloss over the nine months where she was pregnant. Like there's nothing like. Did the did she just like? not show up on the island did everyone know because they showed that like some people knew that uh, like the queen's inner circle kind of knew that she was uh that diana was zeus's kid um so some people were in on it but it looked like the vast majority majority of amazons did not know so i don't know i guess like she kind of just made her appearances not that public during those nine months or people are like damn the queen got fat something like that <laughs> so yeah and then Diana learns of that, and Diana's upset. She's like, just, what the, what? You told my whole life's a lie. And so she, like, runs off. Um, she's already been, by the way, she's already been Wonder Woman and, like, in the world of man before and stuff. She was just visiting the island when this all happened, and she takes off from the island. Then Hera shows up on the island and is like, you bitch, you, <laughs> you had sex with my husband? You're, like, the 12th woman to do that. What the hell? And she's all pissed at uh, at the queen because, you know, the Amazons, like, Hera's their, like, main go-to god. She's, like, the god of women. Like, that's them. And so she's like, how dare you betray me like that? And she, like, makes all the Amazons disappear but makes Kim, uh, Queen Hippo uh, turn into clay, you know? Makes it ironic because her daughter thought it was made of clay, but now she's clay. So they did that. Um, and then the main plot of the book is that Zeus had sex with another woman, uh, surprisingly, and got her pregnant. It's just some random woman from, like, Virginia, some random redneck. And she prego, and so Hera's trying to get her killed because Hera's pissed. Poor Hera has to deal with Zeus just sleeping around with everyone. And so she sends, like, some centaurs, I think is what they're called, like the half-horse, half-dude people. It's been a while since I've read anything with greek mythology i think every boy as a child has like some type of like s some part in their life where they get really into greek mythology is like this is sick this is my thing now this is the coolest thing i like greek mythology i like this stuff and for me that was when i was like 10 so that was a long time ago so yeah i, I had that i had that age like most boys do where it's like this is this is my thing <laughs> but that was a long time ago, so I don't remember much from Greek mythology. Uh, so sorry if I get some names and stuff wrong here. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, Zeus got this random hick pregnant, and uh, uh, Hermes, who's like the messenger god in this, he's like hella fast, got bird feet, and he can teleport. Um, he's like the only god that can go between all of like the different dimensions and stuff without ha needing an invite because if you in order to get to like mount olympus and stuff you need like an invite or whatever to be invited by like one of the gods that actually lives there or whatever uh but hermes can just get there because that's his thing um and so he because he zeus tasked him with protecting his new baby mama wonder woman gets involved because of hermes um and because she knows now that she's zeus's daughter uh Lennox, who's like some British dude made of stone, who's also a kid of Zeus. Lennox is funny because uh he's like every British guy in the DC universe where he talk like oi, hey, oi, like that, and he uh he's got a long coat and he smokes. So it's just like Constantine and Manchester Black, just every British guy just copy paste in the DC universe. <laughs> um But 
what was it? Oh, yeah, so Hera's trying to kill everyone, and Apollo, another one of Zeus's kid, who's, like, the god of the sun or whatever, is trying to make a play for the throne, because, like, Zeus is gone, I'm gonna make a play for the throne. So he does, and because everyone's trying to make a play for the throne, actually. Hades is trying to make a play for the throne. Uh, Poseidon's trying to make a play for the throne. Also, everyone has a very interesting design. Like, all, the Greek gods have a very unique design. I like how they look, for the most part. I didn't really care for Poseidon's look. I kind of I get what they were going for and I care for Poseidon they kind of like combined several like sea creatures and like this is Poseidon but he this is kind of like a big fat idiot so I didn't really care for Poseidon's design but I liked Hades design Hades is like a child with a candle head like candles for a head and I thought that was kind of interesting because it's like you know what's the creepiest thing oh you know those possessed children in horror movies they are terrifying so why don't we just make Hades that? And so, I like Hades' design. I really like the God of War's design. Back in the day, we get flashbacks, and he's like typical God of War or Ares. But modern day, he like wears a like a beige tan suit type deal and has a long beard, and it's just always covered in blood. I like his design. Uh, yeah, I, th I think Apollo looks like... I, I like the design for most of the, uh, the gods. Uh, but Apollo decides to make a play, and he's is the only play that actually ends up working. He uh, ends up kicking Hera off Mount Olympus and, like, taking her powers because she is... She loves Zeus. Even though Zeus hates her, like, when Zeus cheats on her, she blames the woman. She's like, how dare you? She even... There's a moment where, um, when she's talking to Queen Hippo, she's like, how did you get Zeus to love you? What did you say? Like, you can see she's very, like... She's a very broken person or god, I should say. <laughs> she's, uh, she's not... She's been dealing with this for decades. It's been a bad time for her, uh, having to deal with Zeus constantly cheating and having kids, and just it's tough. But uh, Apollo takes the throne on Mount Olympus that Zeus left because, again, like I said, Zeus just disappeared. He's just gone. No one knows where he went. Uh, he kicks uh, Hera out because he doesn't trust her because she just wants Zeus and she don't really like Apollo because Apollo is another bastard child of Zeus. He's not her kid. Uh, so, kicks Hera out. Hera has one of the best arcs in this book. I really like Hera. She's a great character because she starts out as just this, like, really insecure, jealous, all-powerful god that is really in a horrible place in her life. And then she gets her powers taken away and she's, uh, mortal. And she suddenly has to deal with the fact that she's mortal. And she also has to pal around with Zeus's newest baby mama. And Wonder Woman has to protect Hera even though Hera just took away all the Amazons and also was trying to kill her and uh and Zeus's new baby mama but Hera is like Wonder Woman's responsibility because she got her powers taken away so Wonder Woman takes her under her wing and it's just really interesting I really like Hera she goes through a great journey in this book uh so yeah uh there's a storyline where like Hades tries to make Wonder Woman his bride but Wonder Woman shoots him with a desert eagle so that was cool um, I'm not kidding, that happens. Uh, I, it's like 30 issues, and I don't want to go through, like, every single issue. Uh, let's see, I'm just gonna flip through it, I got the omnibus right here. Where the pages, flip it, flip it. Oh, there's a thing, oh, damn it, I don't remember the name of, uh, the moon god. But the moon god is Apollo's sister, you know, sun and moon. Uh, and... Hard thing is, like, she shows up, she beats the tar out of Wonder Woman, which is a thing that happens a lot in this book, and I like, and I I think it's really cool how Wonder Woman gets her ass beat several times in this book, like, all the time, and she just keeps persevering. I think that's much more interesting than someone that just is too good to ever be beat or hurt, you know, like, kind of like modern Captain Marvel. Uh, so I like it, where it's like, Wonder Woman, she kicks ass, she's a badass, but she also gets her ass kicked quite often. And she just keeps coming. Nothing holds her back. Nothing's like, oh, you beat my ass, don't care. Just gonna keep doing me. Like, I like Wonder Woman a lot.
in this book. Uh, and so, yeah, anyways, she what was like, oh, yeah, the first time the moon beats her ass. And then the second time her and the moon have a fight, and moon's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat your ass again. But then Wonder Woman takes her uh, bracelets off or whatever you want to call those things. And uh, we learned this is this was a thing only in New 52 was uh, if she takes her bracelets off, she's suddenly more godlike. Like the bracelets contain her like God Zeus powers. So she's much more powerful. So she takes her bracelet off and beats the tar out of the moon. Like it's not even a question. And this is and they have several fights throughout this book. And the only one that the moon actually wins, because there's another one where she technically wins, but Wonder Woman literally wasn't trying because of for reasons she needed Moon to win so she could get her help. But anyways, uh she goes and she beats up the moon and she does it, like I said, a couple more times in the book where the moon's like, I got her this time, gets her ass beat again by Wonder Woman. Uh, it's funny. Uh, oh, yeah, Orion's a big part of this book. Orion was another one of my favorite characters in the book. I really like, like, Hera, uh, I think my favorite characters in this book were probably, well, Wonder Woman herself, Hera, um, Hermes, Ares, and Orion. I think those are my favorite characters. Like, there's a lot of great characters in this book, but those ones are really my favorite. Like, Orion comes in. Because he's told of a prophecy. Like, there's a bunch of prophecies in this book. Like, that, like Apollo then wants to kill uh, the new baby that, um, damn it, what's the name? I don't remember her name. The hit character that uh, Zeus, Zeus's baby mama. She gives birth, like, after I think, like, the first, I think in, like, the second or third arc. I think in the second arc, she gives birth to the baby. And uh, Apollo wants to kill it because, like, there's some type of... Uh, prophecy saying that like the the last born or a child of Zeus will like kill a, another child of Zeus and take the throne or something and he's like oh all these other kids have been alive for a while and they haven't done that so I'm gonna assume it's a new baby that'll do that so I'll just kill him uh, so he's is now kind of taking the place of what Hera was doing earlier where she's trying to kill the baby now he's trying to do it I know I'm all over the place but whatever <laughs> this is just how it's gonna go um was I gonna say? I am just losing my track of my. To be fair, it's like 1.30 in the morning right now. Uh, am I at right now? What was I just talking about? I am just everywhere. I'm gonna take a sip of water real fast. I'm out of water now. Big sad. But okay, let's talk about Aries, I guess. We get a flashback issue where we see Wonder Woman when she's a teenager. By the way, in this book, she's like 23, so like Wonder Woman has not been around for a while. But we give a flashback when she's a teenager, and Ares is observing her on Themyscira because, without the other Amazons knowing, obviously, but he's observing her because, you know, that Zeus's kid, he knows that. He's like, I'm gonna observe her, and then he approaches her, he's like, hey, I can train you. I know you want to be big old badass, I'll train you, and she's like, cool. So he trains her for a while, and then he gives her a test where he's like, hey, the Minotaur's there, which is like the part man, part bull type deal. Uh, he's in there, go fight him. And so he... Diana goes in there, she ends up getting the best of the Minotaur because she, like, tricks it, does the Toro Toro Olay thing, gets it to run to a wall. <clears throat> she has the opportunity to kill it, to, like, slice its head off. And Ares is there, like, good, do it. And this is, like, classic-looking Ares. Um, Ares, like, do it, you know. He's, like, Palpatine right then. And she's like, nah, I'm not gonna, you know, this doesn't feel right. This isn't right to kill this, like, defenseless animal, essentially. Like, I came into his place, he didn't do anything wrong, and this isn't right. And you see that the, uh, you see that the Minotaur kind of, like, takes a notice of that. Like, he, he like they look each other in the eye, Diana and uh, the Minotaur. And then the Minotaur just kind of pieces out after that. And Ares is pissed. He's like, I'm done training you. Screw you. How dare you do that? Like, But you see throughout the book that that had a huge effect on Ares. You see that Wonder Woman kind of inspired Ares to change. Or uh, 
because he's kind of goes on a rough path after that because before that you know he's classic god of war doing whatever doing his violent thing and then after that he kind of like just roams around and drinks a lot and doesn't really do classic god of war stuff he'll, he'll like cause wars and stuff but he's not like doing the the typical god of war stuff like he's kind of just like in a state of none of this matters i don't care and it's pretty interesting and you see like he does some stuff later on uh, but then we get the real main villain of this book, like about uh, a little under halfway through, maybe a little like I don't know, like thirty percent through the book or something, through the omnibus. Uh, you get introduced to the firstborn. The firstborn is well, as I said, the firstborn of Zeus and Hera, the firstborn of Zeus. And what happened with him was when he was born, there was a witch on Mount Olympus that said, "Hey, Dad, your firstborn is gonna come back and kill you." And Zeus is like, ah, I don't like that. We should kill it. And so she's like, so he's like, hey, witch, go kill it. But then Hera's like, no, don't kill it. That's my baby. And so the witch felt sorry for Hera. And was like, okay, I'm going to take this baby and put him in, a, in like a field and let the hyenas decide. So the hyenas came out and they're like, I'm going to raise this baby. So they raise the baby. And then the baby does a lot, grows up and does a lot of things. And Zeus then like buries him in like Antarctica or something with like Hades watching over for some reason. And then years later, which the years later is now in terms of this comic, he he emerges out of the Arctic and he's back and he decides he wants to kill everyone and take the throne of Atlantis because I guess since Zeus left, it's like his time. Or no, people were looking for him. There was another god that was looking for him. I can't remember her name. Another like child of Zeus. Um, but the firstborn then shows up and like fights Wonder Woman and... Uh, I'm trying to catch up to that part. Get it correctly. Flip it. Flip, flip through the pages. Man, we're more on Orion stuff. I love Orion. Orion and Wonder Woman have a really good dynamic as well. I really like Orion. I like to handle so well in this book. So cool. Do, 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 do. I'm looking at some fat ice giants right now. Big gorilla looking. <laughs> Where's the part where the firstborn fights Wonder Woman? I thought I was very close to that. Oh, we're at this part. Oh yeah, there's a part where uh, yeah, the part. That... Yeah, Hermes took the baby after he was born. I forgot about that. Hermes took the baby after he was born because he was tasked by Zeus to protect the baby, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna take it to this one area where it'll be safe because I don't trust anyone else. And he takes it to like, I don't know, the Greek god version of Swamp Thing, like some lady that's connected to the green. But then Ares goes and he gets the baby back. He he goes and he ends up getting the baby back. Uh, and then he brings the baby back to uh, to the mother, which was kind of cool. Like that whole sequence when that happened was cool. Where's the part where they fought the firstborn? I thought I was really close to that. Where is that? Oh, come on. Gotta be close. Oh, I'm at one of the fights that Wonder Woman has with the moon where she beats the moon's ass again. It's so funny because the moon is like so like, I need to beat Wonder Woman's ass that she can't. Oh yeah, there's a part in here where uh, another part of Ares' journey where Wonder Woman's beating the tar of the moon in uh, war then stops her. Ares is like, listen, she's beaten, you know, maybe chill. Which, you know, is not a very God of War thing to do, but that's kind of how he was inspired by Wonder Woman in the past, which was really cool to see Wonder Woman inspiring the God of War. 
Oh yeah, this is the part where uh, the firstborn shows up, and Hera kind of has a. That's another poor thing for Hera because she didn't know her firstborn was still alive. She thought he was dead, and so she's happy to see him, but she's also distraught because he's just this big murderous caveman-looking dude, and he just ends up backhanding Hera, and she is just yeah, she's not having a good time. Poor Hera. <laughs> uh, but then Wonder Woman and the firstborn fight. And also Linux. And the Firstborn ends up beating their asses. Like, beats the tar out of them. And then Orion comes up and saves them. But then he also gets his ass beat by the Firstborn. <laughs> and they all end up boom-tooming away. Because the Firstborn just beat the crap out of all of them. And that's the only way for them to get... Oh yeah, there's a cool part. Alright, so Orion boom-tubes them out. Um, but the Firstborn's so powerful that he holds the boom-tube open. So they're all escaping to go, uh, to get away, and they can't because he's holding the boob tube open, and it's so sick. But then, uh, Linux, the dude made of stone, that's just every British character in DC Universe combined, uh, he sacrifices himself to stop, uh, the firstborn from holding the boob tube open, and he ends up getting killed because of it. So that happens. Alright, I think I'm covering too much stuff. Let's see. Oh yeah, we have Wonder Woman in the Firstborn fight. Wonder Woman unleashes her god powers. They they fight again when they come back from uh, New Genesis, uh, when they boob tune back. She takes her bracelets off and unleashes her god powers. Doesn't matter. The Firstborn still beats her ass again. Like I said, it's really like it's really well done how Wonder Woman is like a character battling through things instead of they could have made her just some all powerful god that can just beat anyone. No, she gets her ass beat again by him, and then Ares ends up saving her. And Ares, even though he's kind of you know. He's not the god of war he once was. He has a moment with the uh, with with the firstborn where he schools him, but then he ends up getting killed. But well, no, he's about to get killed by the firstborn, and there's this whole thing where like if you kill the god of war, you become the god of war. So when he's about to kill the god of war, Wonder Woman comes up and stabs Ares, so she becomes the god of war instead. And Ares is happy about that because he's like, yeah, I'm glad it's you and not the other dude. Um, and then you have, uh, it's kind of, it's really sad how Ares dies because his whole journey was done really well. And when he dies, um, you have Hades come up and he, he like taps Wonder Woman on the shoulder, like puts his hand on her shoulder and says, it's time for my nephew to come home with me. And it's like, damn. And she puts him on the boat and he gets, you know, boated to Hades, boated to hell. Like, damn, that was pretty powerful. Like that was wow. And then we get like, uh... We get an origin story for the firstborn about all the things he did before Zeus, uh, before Zeus ended up burying him in the Arctic and Hades and all that. Do -do 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 -do. Let's fast forward a bit because we gotta get to Aquaman. I've already been talking about this for almost twenty-five minutes. <clears throat> Suppose we just fast forward to the end. Um, uh, so there's a part where the firstborn gets like captured. And sent to Apollo. Apollo gets him on Mount Olympus. And he just tortures him for a long ass time. <laughs> and then the firstborn breaks out and murders Apollo. But not after Apollo sears all of his flesh off. Because he's the sun god. So the firstborn now, instead of looking like a big old caveman, he's just like a piece of meat. He's literally just a red dude. Like, like a red and then like charred like... Like, red and black, like, charred mess. 
Yeah, he's like he's like he looks kind of like Anakin did. He looks like a more extreme version of how Anakin did uh, post Mustafar, like immediately post Mustafar, where he's just everything's been burned off. And he uh, he has his crew. He's got this one, the God Lady that I can't remember her name that uh, that uh, unburied him earlier. That was trying to find him. And then also the Minotaur. Except the Minotaur's been like emasculated. They like they put like some metal head on him, and they also shaved him, so he looks very BDSM Minotaur. <laughs> but Apollo's also I forgot to mention Apollo's like last thing before he died was he restored the powers to Hera. So that was cool because he took her powers away when he threw her off Mount Olympus. So he gave her powers back, so that was another cool part of her arc. And she's, like, a good person now and actually, like, helping them. So that was cool. And let's fast forward to... What am I looking for? Oh yeah, when they have man, he just looks. The firstborn ends up looking gnarly. He looks sick. But they do a good job with the Minotaur also. The Minotaur is like hella powerful. Like he beats the crap out of a ton of people. And then there's like a big old battle on Themyscira to like end it. There's like a big final battle on Themyscira. Uh and yeah. And also Mount Olympus. But then it ends at, like, this new Mount Olympus, and you see the Minotaur. The Minotaur, like, beats the crap out of Wonder Woman, but he won't kill her because of when she had, uh, when she had mercy on him. So the Firstborn then murders him, and it's really sad to see how the Minotaur looks under the mask now, under that metal mask they put on him. It's really sad when he dies. Like, they made you care about the Minotaur. The Minotaur is a character that does not speak ever, and he just shows up and, like, kind of beats the crap out of Wonder Woman that's like all he does and like it, they did a really good Azarel did a great job with how they portray the Minotaur but anyways then Wonder Woman fights the firstborn they're having their battle uh she like you know unleashes her god powers and they fight like she had already gotten her ass beat by him earlier like a couple times they're fighting but like uh they figure out they kind of like put two and two together and figure out that the baby that was born was actually Zeus reborn and they put him on the throne, and he just lightnings the firstborn, like, uh, in Wonder Woman into a pit. And, uh, it's funny, because the firstborn goes, NOT AGAIN, FATHER! <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and Wonder Woman ends up just throwing him into the pit. There's a kind of a moment where she, where she, uh, where she tricks him. Because she goes, like, firstborn, give me your hand when they're falling in the pit. And he shows, he's like, what? We shall suffer an eternity together? You offer me love? And she says, I do. Tough love. And then she throws him into the pit. And it's pretty funny. And then she just floats out. Uh, yeah. It was also a, re a reveal that, like, Athena was in on this with Zeus. And she, like, possessed the body of the, uh, the baby mama. And I didn't really care for that twist with Athena. And I also didn't like the baby mama. Like, that was, I did not care about the baby mama at all. I didn't think she was, like... A very good character. Most of the others were. And then we get like a flashback issue where we see like stuff with Steve Driver and that's how it ends. Uh yeah, I know it was all over the place with that, but I hope you guys enjoyed that little bit where I just talked about one of them. Now on to Aquaman, which uh we don't have too much more time to talk about Aquaman because we still have Titans that I'm gonna put in here. But 
Aquaman's different because it's not one, like, 30-issue story. <laughs> um, something that was a little disappointing about Aquaman... Sorry, I just hit my mic. Something that was a little disappointing about Aquaman was the fact that Ivan Reese leaves the series so fast. <laughs> like, man, he leaves real early on. Like, Ivan Reese is so good. And then, like, I don't know. I don't even know if he made it, like, a quarter way through the omnibus. Like, he's just gone. It's like, damn. I wish that it would have been more Ivan Reese. But one of my favorite parts about uh, Jeff Johns' run on Aquaman is his introduction of Black Manta. Black Manta shows up chasing this hero lady through the woods, and he's so badass. Like, he just beats her ass and murders her and guts her, but not before taking his mask off, showing her scars, and then just, like, essentially torturing her by like ripping her guts out with his knife like not killing her very fast i'll say that and it is just such a sick introduction like it is such a sick introduction um something that's very apparent in this book that has not been done in the movies yet but we've only had one movies and it's gonna be hard because they ever heard so i don't know how they're gonna do it is how much arthur and mara love each other like that's a big part of the that's a big part of this book like those two characters really really love each other and it's handled really well um, I like their relationship a lot, because, uh, like, there are multiple times, well, there are times in the book where, like, something from Arthur's past will pass up, what, past will pass up, past will show up, and Meryl will be like, whoa, you never told me about that, and he'll be like, yeah, trust me, and she's like, okay, I trust you, I love you, and then something from, vice versa, something from Mara's past will pass, will, uh, come up, and, uh, Arthur will be like, well, you never told me about that, she's like, don't worry, trust me, he's like, okay, I love you, and, like, they, they, they do that, and then when either of them are in, like, bad situations, they, like, they just need to get to the other and help them. And there's also like multiple times where they will like be with other people and they'll be like, I need to get back to Arthur. I need to pick out Mara. Like they really, really like did a good job with their relationship. Especially poor Mara, I feel because like just some like hot tribal chick shows up out of nowhere and it's like, Yeah, I have history with Arthur and it's like, damn, that would be tough. Like <laughs> Having to deal with that, uh, but that was part of the others. I thought the others were cool. I like that crew. I like how Black Manta just kills a couple of them. One dude, he like severs his spine. Like Black Manta does not care. I did really feel sorry for Orm in um. So in the Throne of Atlantis storyline, which was a tie-in with Justice League at the time, where um, Volko, who's the uh, uh Willem Dafoe character in the movie. Volko in this is a lot different than he is in the movie. In this, he's a guy that just really wants to serve Arthur and his lineage. Like, he really likes them, and he, like, really wants to serve Atlantis, so it's best for Atlantis. He ends up firing the submarine, like, in the movie, where you have the submarine, like, fire off, but it's different. In this, he's the one that's behind that submarine firing missiles and, like, killing some Atlanteans. Start a war between the surface and Atlantis, because he figured that if that happened, Arthur would see that he needs to be the leader of Atlantis, because he wants Arthur on the throne, because Arthur had been on the throne, but gave it up, and, um, so, Ocean Master Orm attacks the surface, and they have a big fight, and we get a really sick page, where just Aquaman goes, I am king, or something like that, if I could find the page, he's like, I am king, or I am your king, or something like that, when he's fighting Orm, it's really sick, um, but then, once he uh, beats up Orm, he then hands him over to the uh, authorities of the surface world, and it's kind of a little, like, asshole-ish, because it's like, Orm was manipulated by 
uh, by Volko to do this. Like, he was doing what was right in his eyes because Atlanteans had died due to humans firing missiles. Like, he fully thought that that's what was going on. Like, it wasn't him just being an asshole. Like, he went and he killed a lot of people, and he did, like, flood several major cities. But that's because he thought he was at war. Like, I like I don't think Orm should go unpunished, but I, I felt kind of bad for Orm when, uh, when, uh, when Arthur just hands his brother over to the U.S. authorities. Yeah, there's this here. I'm at it now. I'm at the part now. Let me get to it. Yeah, I am your king. It's such a sick page. That's so cool. Yeah. He just, he beats the crap out of Orm. And then uh, Orm yields even. Orm says, I yield, brother. Because uh, I am your, yeah, you dare attack me now. I am your king. It's so cool. Um, yeah, let's see this part. He said, yeah, this is what he says. He stayed, yeah. Yeah, yes, my king, but what of King Orm? He stays here. Here? Why? You're under arrest. But I yielded the throne. I yielded, brother. And because of that, Orm, you're no longer a foreign leader. There are no laws up here that can grant you immunity for the crimes you've committed. Crimes? I was protecting our people, brother. Please do not condemn me to the surface. You cannot be that cruel. I, I'm sorry, Orm. And I was like, damn, that's pretty, like... Like, Orm was doing what he thought was best. He was manipulated. I feel like he should face some, like... I don't know, maybe Atlantean justice or something, but to give him to the surface world for what he did, when all he was doing was what he thought was a good leader should do in protecting his people. Like, I thought that was a little... I thought... I felt sorry for Orm. Like, he did some horrible things, but it was, you know, it was wartime. It was, like, his people had already been killed. They acted first. Like, I, a human submarine fired missiles and killed Atlanteans. But, yeah, that was... When that part happened, I was like, damn, that's... Uh, but then we get, like, the Dead King arc after that, where, like, King Atlan, like, the first King of Atlantis comes back, and he's all, like, messed up, because it's been a long time, and you learn that Arthur is not, in fact, of the lineage of King Atlan, but King Atlan's brother, so when Atlantis was above the surface before it sank, uh, he, like, Atlantis was the most advanced society on Earth, and King Atlan was like, cool, we'll accept anyone from anywhere, we'll have a lot of people, you know, I want to spread the wealth, let people, you know, experience Atlantis, and what a great society we have here. His brother was like, nah, dude, we need to stop with these people coming in, because they're making everything worse, we need to just, you know, make sure it's just us good Atlanteans, we don't want other people here, this is bad, so I'm going to slaughter your family and take over Atlantis to prove my point. So that's what he did, and that's, uh... That's uh, Arthur's, like, great-great-great-great-great-great-whatever grandfather is, uh, damn it, what's it? Orion. Orion is his name. He's uh, Atlan's brother. And he kills uh, Atlan's, like, children and his wife. And Atlan gets away, and then he comes back, and he makes a scepter, or whatever you want to call it, a trident-type deal, except it's not a trident, one of those, to sink Atlantis, and he does. And uh, then he ends up being freed, events, and he comes back, and he's, like, not in a right mind spice, but he, like, controls ice and stuff. And, uh, Aquaman ends up taking him out. And it's a cool story arc. I like the Dead King arc. I think Throne of Atlantis might be my favorite, though. I really like Throne of Atlantis. The Trench arc was really good. The Dead King arc was good. I wrote really, the others, the whole others arc was cool. Like, all the arcs were really good. But I just, man, 
the ending to uh, Throne of Atlantis was just so cool. The, just the battle, the dialogue between Orm and uh, and uh, Arthur was great. I loved their back and forth and talking about everything. And also seeing Orm as just a dude that's like, I'm just trying to, you know, do what's best for Atlantis. I'm not necessarily a bad guy, but I don't really know how to be a good guy. <laughs> but we do get the uh, the Villains Month issue with Orm, where he escapes Bell Rev uh, because of the... the uh, crime syndicate breaking out breaking everyone out because that's when forever evil is going on i completely forgot about forever evil that whole event remember forever evil damn that makes me feel old <laughs> so long <laughs> so long ago but yeah uh arthur ends up beating the dead king and the dead king finally has peace he's like i'm finally gonna see my see my family and it's kind of a nice little ending and then uh Arthur's like, I have to, like, I see that my destiny is to lead Atlantis. Because before, he wanted to be on the surface. He didn't really see himself as an Atlantean. He wanted to be on the surface world, a part of that. Because the Atlanteans were all kind of dickheads. He didn't really want to be a part of that. And Mara had uh, reasons for her not liking the Atlanteans. Because they hadn't treated her too well and her people. Because she's part of, like, one of the other, like, uh, seven kingdoms. That was, like, a prison colony or something for Atlantis. And they were, like, yeah. She wasn't really a big fan of all of them. So when Arthur's like, yeah, I need to stay down here and I want you by my side down here as well. She's like, I can't. She starts crying and leaves. And you think you're going to get a really sad ending. It's like, what? These two are going to be separated? But then she goes back to the surface. She has a realization. We switch back to Arthur like on the throne looking hella sad with his queen throne next to him empty. And then Mara shows up. And you get the happy ending. And she tells him to save the, shave the beard. And yeah, it was really nice. It was a nice little happy ending. And, yeah, then you see Orm with, like, uh, yeah, there's another thing that I want to get into with Orm. But, yeah, that's pretty much it with Aquaman. Um, we're getting the 40 minutes, so we'll put on the, uh, put on the last 15 minutes for Titans, and, yeah, that'll be, that'll be it. Uh, I, maybe I'll do these more often, where I just do some solo stuff talking about comics, because, uh, surprisingly, when you have good comics, you can get through them really fast, because each of these omnibuses, I think, were, like, around 30 issues. Uh, and I read them back to back for one day. I read all of Wonder Woman. The next day I read all of Aquaman. Like when you have a good comic, it's really easy to like, it looks daunting because how thick the omnibus is, but then you read it. And it's like, Oh, I got by that really fast and I want more. <laughs> so, uh, but I can never get Ian to read all that. Like, so, uh, maybe I'll do more solo stuff like this. Uh, could be fun. We'll see. Uh, next up I'm reading is volume three of, uh, the volume three hardcover of Donny Kate's Venom. That's what I'm reading right now. Uh, so maybe I'll do more of this stuff where I actually talk about comics and nerd talk because we haven't talked about comics and nerd talk in quite literally years. Yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I was all over the place rambling, but that's how it is. That's the fun part about podcasts. It's just everywhere. Nothing has to be coherent. <laughs> but I hope you guys had fun listening. And uh, yeah, next part will be Titans. So this isn't the end of the podcast. We're going to Titans and cut to Titans. Yeah, so I'm putting the podcast together right now. It turns out we're not cutting to Titans because I accidentally deleted that footage. <laughs> I accidentally deleted the audio of uh, when we recorded that. Because we recorded that a couple weeks ago. And I always clean it. Like, after we record a podcast, I always clean out the drive that we put it on. And since I never posted that one because it was only 15 minutes, I was waiting to put it together with another podcast. I accidentally deleted it. So sorry about that. But 
I will say, you're not really missing out on much. It was mainly just Ian being like, what? Why are the Titans characters like this when they've? I don't know these characters at all, and it's 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 like old man yells at cloud, uh, type deal. Except it's Ian just complaining about characters he knows nothing about. Like, yeah, that that was kind of it. It was pretty much just like he liked the Brett Booth art and he didn't like the story because he didn't understand Abracadabra. He didn't understand why this happened or that happened, and that was. That was basically it. So you're not really missing out much. Sorry about that, though. I deleted the footage, and yeah, it's all my my recycling bin was already emptied. There's a on my computer, so there was no way to recover the uh, the audio. So that's tough. Sorry about that, but we'll see about maybe we'll see about maybe doing another one. It's just hard to get Ian to read anything, uh, especially like. Because it's got to be, like, stuff from the beginning. Like, you'd have to have him read, like, Batman Year One or something. Because, like, if it's anything with these characters like Titans where he doesn't understand anything about them. So, like, it doesn't work. But we'll see. Maybe we'll do something more in the future. I don't know. If not, I'll do more solo comic stuff at least because that was fun rambling. So, yeah. Sorry about that. But still hope you guys enjoyed the episode.